This week's episode is brought to you by Gold Paladin, the most trusted name in sacking in all of Vanguard. Gold Paladin, as if drive checking wasn't enough. Atlas, your host, and today we're doing a very special episode. Not the kind of very special where there's like drug abuse or, you know, 90s sitcom stuff, but we're talking today about gold paladins, and for the first time, I have my co-host in the room with me. Why don't we go around the table and introduce ourselves? I'm Atlas. I'm Richard. Just do it. Fine. Yeah. I'm Alvin. And I'm Matt. Yeah. So, uh, the, most of the people here don't really know enough about gold paladin for it to matter. I'm oh. sorry. And Are no. straw dolls for someone else that's coming becoming in? You mean straw man? No, straw dolls. No, it's a straw like a straw man argument where it's okay, whatever. Anyway, oh. so we're we're just talking about it because we were hanging out and we're having fun. Richard's playing with his buddy fight deck. Like, You're like, welcome, Gabe. Yeah, Gabe. <laughs> Does, I don't. Th- I think Gabe just listened to the one episode and he's not going to do it after that. That's the plan. Apparently, we've been overshadowed by the Hamilton soundtrack. If you if you chose to listen to us over the Hamilton sh- soundtrack, thank you. But uh, why don't we just kind of get into it? So, Gold Paladin was a clan released in uh, BTO Six Breaker of Limits, and it focuses on calling cards from the top of your deck in order to gain advantage. This is a Paladin clan, after all, so there's stuff with calling from deck to do things. Am I missing anything? The original intention of you know, the You know, shaking your head isn't going to, like... <laughs> they can't see you shaking your head. Well, no, I don't yeah. think you're missing anything at all. So far, it sounds good. Okay, well, uh... So, aside from that, the there are three kind of specific, I guess, choices in... Are we talking currently, like... Yeah, play yeah, yeah, current, currently. We, I guess we can talk about the history a little bit. Uh, when it first came out, it, it was uh, focused around uh, incandescent blonde Ezel. It was, it was a dude with sick abs and a like yeah long, incandescent bomb-ass lion bullet. blonde Ezel. Incandescent blonde. Uh, yeah, I have a picture of him on my ceiling. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, I, I should just start doing that. That that would be smart. But um, the way he works was like you would counterblast two, look at the top card, call it to rear guard, and then like Ezel would get the power of the thing you just called. So you could like fill your field. And get a lot of power, but at the same time, it relied a lot on sacking because it was just the top card. For uh, some reason, it worked. I don't know why. Uh, people stack. If you're Ichi, you, <coughs> you actually call like some any card you want. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we have to call the top. Card. Yeah, Blaster Blades <laughs> or, or whoever. Yeah, and then over time, it, it became it, they it formed into the Liberators, which were like all the Royal Paladins that got quote unquote locked away, and then just made a Gold Paladin because Ichi couldn't make up his freaking mind between. Oh, I really like playing a Royal Paladin, but I've hung out with Gold Paladin for a season, and they're like, oh, cool, we'll just be Gold Paladins for you. Yeah. Because why not, right? So, after that, Legion format came out, and uh, the Liberators got bluish flame Liberators. I, f- I feel like we're not really going into depth about Gancelot Zenith. Okay. I feel like we're really we're really disregarding his existence, and that really infuriates me right Th- now. Then talk about <laughs> it! We skipped o- I skipped just, over Gancelot Zenith just, by accident. You just mentioned Blaster Blade Liberator, basically, and then you're like, alright, now let's just go right uh, into the meta, yeah. you know? So, fine. Go for <laughs> it. Yeah, again, this is not my area of expertise, that's why you're here. Just I- I'm just yeah. I'm just trying to remind yeah. everyone that, that basically Liberator's we're like I understand Alfred was kind of cool and all. I got plus two k for the whole field and could potentially be like a forty k beater. Oh man! When you had break ride, but like that wasn't really the best thing in my opinion. It's like okay, cool forty k PG. But anyways, oh middle lost a lot of games against Lazenet. 
But yeah, Gaslight Zenith. Let's we we just have to acknowledge the fact that its existence made a really big impact for liberators and golds in general. Like gold yeah. battling kind of like sizzled out, especially since. No, okay. Let's um, the honest thing here is the only reason Blonde Ezel was good to begin with because English was dumb when it came to releasing their stuff. Because we went one, two, six, six. three, yeah. Four, so basically, five, yeah. the best the best thing that could to go head that could go toe to toe with Blonde Ezel was literally King of Knights Alfred. And that already sounds awful like yeah. when you just think about that matchup. Yeah. So Ezel being the meta was only meta because they literally brought Ezel out, thinking, oh, this will grab the attention of people. But now the, tur- the local tournaments were just basically, if you're not running Ezel, you're not going to win. And then basically every gold paladin thing was like, like Halo Shieldmark's like, what, 30 bucks each at the time? Yeah. Blonde mm-hmm. Ezel was like a $25 card. Yeah, Probably the gold more. was dominated for a long time after that with Spectral Duke. Oh yeah, Spectral Duke came out. And you Eleanor, got I forgot about that too. Yeah, basically, yeah. Gold's just get yeah. Gold's got this reputation in English format as this thing that just kept on sacking because it was just so far ahead of everything else. So we didn't really get a balance until probably about BT twelve, right? I would say before that. I would say maybe like BTO nine was when things kind of started chilling out. Oh, okay. BTO nine is the thing because now we got Aqua Force, we got Vermilion got their stuff, so it's like okay. Yeah. Stuff's kind of chilling out. We're kind of back with the same flow like Japan did. Yeah. So then, then of course, we had to screw it up again and get BT11 before BT10. And that kind of made sense because BT11, no one was really going to care about, to be honest. The only thing people wanted was Dauntless and maybe uh, Transcore from that set. And if they wanted two Celestials. Well, Dragon Descendant was... Or was that BT10? That's BT10. So it's like... Yeah, Gauntlet Buster. Literally, everything in BT10 was everybody wanted. Everybody wanted the Liberator PGs. Everybody wanted Radicator PGs. Everybody wanted Genesis, because that was a brand new clan at the time. Mm -hmm. And then everybody wanted Descendant, because it could restand if it didn't hit. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, that was the set everyone wanted. And Bushiro was like, oh, if we put this out first, we're just going to sell this. No one's going to buy 11. All right, let's put 11 out first. But other than that, but the reason I'm trying to say is the reason Golds, the Golds really hit a really good, hard meta from BT06 all the way up to BT09, just the fact that Ezel's existence was misplaced in English format. So they were, I guess they were thinking, oh shoot, if we put Alfred first, honestly, Alfred was not the biggest threat in that set. It was not the biggest threat in that set at all. It was, it was the Eradicator stuff. That was the biggest threat. Yeah, and they were think they were probably thinking about that. They're like, "Oh, well, if we put this stuff out first, you know, what might happen, or whatever their case was, or the reason I don't know the details, but they decided BT11 was the better choice." I Which think, I think I can add on that. Uh, the reason that they they released in the opposite order is they didn't want the same descendant problem they had in Japan here. Yeah, okay. with too many people, like literally every single like, locals. Rest- yeah, they every- had a strict descendant in Japan. Wow, to two. Yeah, because so many people were playing it. I think I remember that. Yeah. It was the same thing with like. Sukiyomi, I guess. They mm-hmm. restricted Sukiyomi to two. Dope, Sukiyomi, yeah. uh, MLB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those cards got hit, got hit. Because yeah. it's too many people were playing them. That's ironic. So then, basically, when it comes down to, I feel like when we're talking about like the Liberator stuff, Liberator stuff got really hyped because people had to wait all the way from July till December. Mm-hmm. From trial deck to the actual set where it got support. Yeah. So, by that time, it's like, oh, wow, look at all we got. Liberator PG is cool. Now we can a special yeah. counterblast for Alfred still. Cool. But then it was like, it kind of faded out, especially when you got BT12 and like Link Joker introduced and everything kind of started balancing out. The game was finally feeling kind of balanced and everything was like kind of feeling like equal. Yeah. Of course, we still had our top tier meta, but that's, we're used to that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as unbalanced as how Ezel started it out. Yeah. So, so talk about Zenith a little bit. What's his deal? So th- there was a solitary Liberator Gantla, which was the break ride. Yeah, um, Ar- arguably the second best break ride to Mordred Fountain. 
<laughs> Mordred Fountain. Yeah. Mordred Fountain, because... Uh, yeah, no, I get it. I, I see what you're getting at. But, uh, yeah, so w- what was Zenith's deal? Zenith's deal was yeah. that we got Alfred. We went from Alfred, good, to Wolfgang, uh, Garmore, which was really meh, but really fun, so yeah. I enjoyed that. It was a $3 card. That was the best part. Wait. Call five minutes in a turn, no problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then, I loved that thing. That, thing that was, was great, because yeah. you just had to... You literally did not call anything early game, which was what we used to have yeah. before G-Format. Now we're just Vanguard. Well, okay, don't call... You don't want to push your opponent to live brick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so now it's like... But so we went from Garmore, and then Garmore had to wait till B, the BT-13. It was kind of like, oh, well, I'm playing Golds, and everyone was playing Chaos Breaker. You know, whatever. So then it was kind of felt like, well, if I play Garmore, they're just going to lock everything. Yeah. And Alfred sucks because he needs rear guards to power him up. And now it's like, with, yeah. he's, he just gets plus 2k. So it was dark days for Gold Paladin indeed. Yeah. Uh, they were, it was okay. Yeah. They weren't that big a deal. Well, okay. Actually, the... the but, the, but the thing was with Zenith, Zenith was kind of like, oh, okay, well, I just need an open column to attack. And then you send stuff back. Put the top card and it gets 10k. So literally the fact that the thing that got called getting 10k is like, oh, cool. Whatever it is, it's going to hit something. Yeah. You call a trigger. It's a 15k attack. Attack a rear guard. You know, that's a... Their opponents drop 10 if they want to protect their rear guard. Of course, no one wanted to call their triggers. That actually really sucked. But the most fun thing, for at least for me, that I found a lot happening was every time I did that skill, Liberator Royalty Fallon would just show up, which was the 12k attacker. Forget <laughs> oh. so it just showed up. And I feel like Matt is like saying, like, he's seen that happen to him a lot yeah. before as well. It's like, okay, cool. Oh, wow, the 12k attacker yeah. that gets, you know, oh, that's 22 by itself. That, that's all that happened to me. Yeah, honestly, I feel like that happens too much. Oh, like, well, Blaster Blade it. Spirit. <laughs> well, or it's like a grade three, and they're just like... Okay, oh, let's, yeah, okay. let's also mention that, uh, that what was his name? Something like Flying Liberator Gorlois or something. And, like, Minerva got a copy of that. I know Ashley got a copy of that. It was those things that were like, choose a grade three with Minerva or, cho- or Galia, choose a grade three with Ganslot, choose a grade three with uh, yeah. Ashley, and you... If it's in your drop zone, you put it at the bottom of the deck, choose another grade three Gansalot, Ashley, or Minerva, or Rugalia, and give it 5k. So, like, Gordine Owl, is that what yeah, you're thinking of? Yeah, because we were back in the day when the grade threes in your hand literally did nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, you know, you just rode them, but if you have extras in your hand. Now, it's like, oh, call a grade three. Yeah. There's a grade three in my drop zone, too. Cool. Let's uh, shove it in the bottom of the deck, give it plus five. And now, it also made you start thinking about, what am I healing? Oh, look, there's a Gansalot in my drop zone. I want to heal that. Give that plus five. So now, not only do you have the break ride going five, five, five to three rear guards, you got Gorlis going, let's give that one five as well. Or I have, I, let's call another grade three on top of it. Oh, look, another one in my drop. Let's do it again. So it was this, like, this fact that we just went from, like, oh, Garmore, field, we're done, to, hey, look, power, 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 you know, and then let's swing for four attacks. And I remember when Gansalot's Xena skill was released, because I was really, like, I was like, oh, I know Gansalot's getting a cross ride. I, I just got to know what it does. Yeah. And people were like, oh, I don't know how, how you would play this. And I'm like, it's so simple. You just do the one column by itself without the boost and then put it in the bottom and call it something else. And I remember I remember this was really, really frustrating sometimes when I would be on YouTube looking up Gansalot Zenith deck profiles. And I saw, very rarely, but I saw some people going like, oh, I like to run stands because if I have to use my boost and I want to call a new unit, I want to have a stand trigger to restand the booster. And it's like, you don't need... You didn't need to do that, but it was just really funny people trying to figure out how Zenith worked when it was pretty straightforward. I feel like it honestly was really... The first time I ever used Zenith in tournament, I topped that tournament. Damn. It was it was just good. Uh, it, this being Power Anime or...? Yeah, uh, Power Anime just closed. Came out. That's no, it actually came out, I think, the same day. Because oh, wow. I remember people using Tempest Bolt the same day yeah. it came out. And then uh, Jose got Tempest Bolts, and then that was like his favorite card for the longest time. Yeah. 
and our anime was the locals of ours for yes. a long time anyway they sorry. have a youtube channel anyways yeah i remember like a, i had three but uh there was a guy that it's game time name is darwin he let me borrow one of his game slots just for the tournament so i could like play it out and i talked but it was also because gabe was just messing around with murakumo stuff and like i cannot wait until gabe comes on the podcast <laughs> it's gonna be the like funniest thing so ever. But I talked, and there's even a video of literally me showing how I'm sick. I was, this, I was so sick that day, too. Oh. That was the fun part. That was the sickest I ever was in my life, and I decided to go to a Vanguard tournament. Oh, and in fact, everybody else. Fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's, that was my plan. I was uh, like, I'm, I'm miserable. Let's make everyone else miserable. If, if you're not sick, actually, if you're sick, fine. Follow in Richard's footsteps. Go to It's Game Time in uh, Los Angeles if you happen to live there. So, you know. All right, you free advertisement. You're welcome, IGT. Anyway, so... So, Genslot, I feel like, was great. Mm-hmm. I, I, we, I just honestly, I evolved into Monarch Alpha because Monarch Alpha at the time was really like the problem solver of every deck, every control deck you could come across. Okay, so wait. So, we got Ezel Scissors and then Monarch Alpha. So oh, yeah, Ezel Scissors and Genslot Zine came out the same time. Yeah. They came in the same set. Ezel Scissors, yeah. I was actually, there was a point in time when I was actually contemplating running one copy of it. Just my, to fuck over Link Just to just yeah. to mess with Link Joker. And I thought, oh, if I ride this. But the thing is, I was also thinking, well, a lot of my Liberator skills aren't activated. Marin needs a Vanguard to get the 3K. If I, you know, have messed up columns, I don't... Fallon needs the extra 3K. You know, I was like, uh, these things don't really work out, blah, blah, blah. But it, it was probably going to be fine. That was like, when I first started playing this game, Break Ride was kind of just starting around. Mm-hmm. But I was still really familiar with what the other stuff people were playing because I didn't actually buy my first Vanguard deck till three months after I started really getting into it. I did, I just kind of waited out. I was like, oh, this trial deck's coming out. I want to get it. I'd rather save my money and you know get that rather than have something now and then no, I'm not going to use it once I get that thing. So it was, it was a really it was a three month wait and then so I, I was already familiar with people like running around with Ezel and you know doing their their little. Crimson Light, Cub, Crips, Move to Soul, Superior Ride, Ezel, Next Turn, Platinum, Ezel, Cross Ride, like right, right at the bat. I saw a lot of that, but I was still kind of inexperienced, so I felt like, oh no, it's Ezel Scissors, not a Liberator, it's going to be inconsistent, let's not run it. And also how like Ezel Scissors was like, I honestly don't remember how much it was, I'm guessing it was 10? I might be wrong when BT14 was out. I can't believe you can remember prices. I'm just remembering prices because I was remember trying to build Gansalot and oh. Gansalot was a $15 card. Oh. No, was he? I think it was 20 or something. It oh. might have been 15 okay. But I just remember oh. trying to build this deck and going, do I have the money to do this? So, And then I used it at... Well, that was the same year we had... Uh, Bushy Road had Thank You Fest in Pasadena. That was a while ago. That was after I left the game. I left around BT15, 1415-ish. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. That was actually a really fun event. Yeah. It was They had the Fan Fest there, except, to be honest, that... The Thank You Fest was way more fun than Fan Fest. Oh. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh-huh. And Gansla's Zenith was fun. It I took a lot of time, thought, you know, how I wanted the build to be. And it was, I felt pretty confident how I had it. You know, four Maron, four Bruno, four PG, two Glory. It's just, it just, everything was really consistent about the deck. Yeah. And then when we had Monarch Alfred come around. Ah, uh, yes. That was, okay, that so was fun. Monarch yeah. Alfred was, along with... Uh, Scissors. I, I think it was like a better like version. That's literally what Monarch. That's why Monarch yeah. Africate is set out later. It's yeah. the better version. So he he just. Can, can you remember the effect off the top of your head? Or? Of course, Atlas. Yes, of course, <laughs> of course you do. It's uh, my little Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Liberator Monarch Sanctuary Alfred. His limit break four was Counter Blast three, Soul Blast two. I think it was Counter Blast three, Soul Blast two, anything, which was great. But you literally needed Liberators in the deck for it to work because it was take your whole field, put it on the top of your deck, and then you had to look at the top five cards of your deck and call up to five Liberators. Mm-hmm. So if you were running like Flame of Victory in your deck, you couldn't call it. 
if it was on your rear guard or if you saw it in the top five. So you literally your deck, even though it didn't have an especial counter blast like a round table, uh, alpha. round table alpha did. Yeah, you you still had to have liberators to call. So it was, it was still fine, but it was like I remember my main problem. This is the main problem I had with Gancelot is. If I didn't ride as Scrad and start building my field before I rode Gancelot to kind of get the break right off efficiently, it was like kind of dead because I needed to have stuff called already in order to get the break right off. And then you have control decks, especially Eradicators going, no, I'm going to kill off your field before you can break ride, you know? So that was the only thing. My biggest fear, honestly, when I remember playing Liberators was having to go against Eradicators, knowing that the biggest counter to it was the fact that I couldn't get my break right off as efficient. But with uh, BT15... That nice little card, uh, Liberator Star Rain Trumpeter, was like amazing. What does he do? Uh, Star Rain Trumpeter, and this the Star Rain Trumpeter's skill revolved around Blaster Blade Liberator. It was as soon as it's placed, you pick a Blaster Blade Liberator either from your soul or your drop zone, put it back in the deck, shuffle, call the top card of your deck. Wow, that was good. And I had this this I don't know if it's a curse or a blessing, but this happened every single time I used Star Rain Trumpeter. I to this day, when I was using the deck, I'd never called anything else. Okay, maybe something else every once in a while, but the majority of the time, every time that happened, it was Blaster Blade, two deck, shuffle, shuffle, I swear, I shuffled as hard as I could, top card was Blaster Blade, uh-huh. every single time. All, majority of the time, and I would also joke with people, like, watch, it's going to be Blaster Blade, and it was Blaster yeah. Blade. That was absolutely <laughs> revolting. Yeah. yeah, so, and then we also had that White Balan, or White Rainbow Liberator Balan, which was the better Dory for Blaster Blade, which was when Blaster Blade was placed on rear, any rear... If Balan was on the field, you just unflip the damage. Oh, that's really good. So if you have two Balans and one Blast Blade, you unflip two. If you yeah. have one Balan and two Blast Blades, you still unflip two. <laughs> if you have two Balans and two Blast Blades, you unflip four. Wow. It was just great. So like if I had a ba- if I would call Balan, then Star Rain, and I'd put the Blast Blade and i go, Blast Blade's going to show up right now. Call it, oh look, unflip. <laughs> it would just happen. And sometimes it would be like, oh, okay, well, whatever. You know, I can still work with it. And that's what, another thing that, so that helped with Zenith a lot. Because Zenith was on it was still my main ride before Monarch. Monarch was kind of like, all right, let's finish this. Okay. But Zenith was like the go-to ride before that. So you would do Zenith, call Star Rain to kind of build up columns, call maybe something, call Blaster Blade if you're me, call, hopefully call Fallon if that's your actual target, because that's what I'll honestly try and go for. Jimmy Fallon. So you'd have your booster, your 16k column, you have Fallon, you're like, you have a field now. Yeah. You know? And if you're at four damage for whatever reason, maybe your opponent pushes you, now you're at limit break and you can start doing stuff. Yeah. But the idea was that, you know, you go into Monarch Alfred if, you're, if your opponent's locking your field or is retiring your field. And we got, and Dragonic Overlord started getting support again, starting BT15, and kind of never stopped the, after that. The OG break ride yeah. and the rest is history. Yeah. So that's the best part that Monarch Alfred really attributed. It's like when we were, we, no one had ever expected Legion to ever be a concept ever. Yeah. Because we just had limit. We were thinking yeah. two things on the Vanguard circle for shame or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I just drew a Mr. Handlebar, emphasis. I just drew a handlebar. I think there's mustache. a monocle yeah. growing out of your eye right mm. now. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so it was like thinking about it. You're like, look at this. Your field goes back. And it comes back out. It's like, oh, Mega Colony, whoever played and played that clan at the time. Mega Colony, stunning your field. Let's put it back, bring it back, out. Tempest Bolt Dragon literally is just the counter to it. Your temp- opponent's going to counter blast three to get rid of field. You're going to counter blast three to get a field back. So it was, it was like no matter what happened, you're like, oh, I ride this and my field is back. And then if you just call out Balans and Blaster Blades, you know you're going to get unflips afterwards. You could do it again if you wanted to. So it was is the idea that Monarch Alfred at the time, at least for me, I felt like this is a card that solves any problem during a control deck 
and it's right here. Like, no Link Joker, no Kagero, no Mega. It's like this is this is the card. This is gonna solve all my problems. You I know? just imagine you doing like a Braveheart speech. <laughs> they can take my rear guards, but they can never take my rear guards. I just, no. have, I just have a picture of Richard kneeling on, kneeling on his knees and doing a Hail Mary. Uh, <laughs> it's like as soon as that should be Modern so. Century, Alfred. Yeah. Um, so it was. I was just imagining to open up his locker and there's a copy of uh, Monarch Alfred in there. <laughs> with the prayer candles. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just a really amazing card to me. And then it was like, all right, cool. What's the next thing? And then they just literally shot out Legion at us. And they're like, hey, look, you know that thing where Alf, uh, Roundtable Alfred had to have a full field to hit 21? Well, now you just got to put four triggers in your deck and now your Vanguard can hit for 22 for free. And it's and honestly, I just kind of felt like, well, you know, that was kind of a waste. I have to have a full field to hit for twenty one, and this thing just has to be there, be there, you know. To happen. <laughs> so now I was like, well, this kind of sucks. I have to counterblast three to get power ups, and this thing just has to attack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, so I forgot Monarch Alfred's other skill. He got ten. He it was if you ultimate call Blaster Blade. Blade yeah, Blade. if you call Blaster Blade from the deck, he got ten k into crit. So if yeah. you called two of them, that was twenty k and two crits. Yeah, and then uh, and then he had the classic Alfred plus one k. Was it was really yeah. ironic, especially the fact that. Monarch Alpha was supposed to be like the big boss at the end of season three for yeah. the anime. Was that Aichi ran no break rides units because Alfred doesn't combo with the break ride at all because you're gonna make your rear guards powered up, but then you gotta send them yeah, back anyway. Back, so yeah. it was just funny. And I know I'm pretty sure there was people who go had gold pallet index that were like, oh, three break ride, three zenith, and like two monarchs for like techs. Yeah. But I really wanted, but I really felt because all this support was related around Blaster Blade. I really wanted to have like support that would really focus around really helping Monarch Alfred as well. And honestly, I felt like riding the break ride and like, oh, no Zenith, but look at all these Monarch Alfreds I could be break riding. I just felt like if that happened, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that situation. It was for ride consistency. Yeah. yeah. And also, you, it's like even if you rode Monarch first, that's fine. Uh. You know, it gets, it has, it has Incandescent Lion and Salvation Lion as well as skills. The gets plus one free trigger. It had the same thing. Yeah. That thing had so much text on its card, it was unbelievable. It had I, I, ultimate break, it had limit break, break, that whole text. And then it had the also. it had the continuous during your turn gets plus one K free tree, and then it had Lord. Like literally you I'm looking at the picture right now, you can't see his legs. Well he was a tower, that was the point. Yeah, but like <laughs> he, just, he was like a giant building. That yeah. was that's what Monarch Alfred is. It's a building. Yeah, but when you say a couple cards with more text, one of which of course being the legendary Exculpate the Blaster. Mm. <laughs> I remember him. That's that's another episode for another day. But anyway, Legion format, BT sixteen and seventeen. Oh, that's fun. Dark times indeed. Well, I, re- I remember yeah. uh, at least for. Long- I feel like I'm like sharing a lot of personal stories with Gold Paladin because I just had like, it's like every time something Gold Paladin related, yeah. there's something happening in life. Well then, you, like, and you had you have this like really sweet story for why you like picked up Gold Paladin. Not today. gonna tell it today. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'll tell it later. No. So then. Uh, yeah. Like, I just remember, this, at least it was a thing for me, the same day that they released the trial decks for Legion Link Joker and Legion Liberators with Persia, it was the same exact day they released Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, the same day. And I honestly thought, like, in my heart, I was like, oh, I've been playing Pokemon for years. I'm, this is the game that I'm, like, been waiting for. Like, this is, I started off with Ruby and Sapphire. I'm so excited for the nostalgia trip. But the whole day that the, that the game and the trial deck came out, I would think to myself, I really want to get that trial deck. Like, and I, in my mind, I was like, I was budgeting. I was like, no, I should just wait till I get the money to just buy all four at once. And BT16 is not going to come out to December anyways. Might as well wait. But that whole day, I was just like, 
man, I really want that Percival trial deck. Man, I really want that Percival trial deck. The whole day. So I went to GameStop. I got my Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. And I only went, screw it. I'm going to go to the card shop. I'm going to go to bullpen. I'm going to go get my trial deck right now. And I bought both. I, I spent like half of whatever my allowance was just, just to get all that. Because like, I, I just, I did not regret it. It was fine. <laughs> it was fun. And I, even though the, tri- I, and then I started appreciating the trial deck by itself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, this is really fun. Like, I don't care if I have the Legion, this vanilla Legion. It was still a really fun deck to play around with. And then I felt kind of bad because I was like, well, I can't really use this in tournaments. And I didn't want to, like, throw in uh, Percival into my Monarch deck because, I don't know, I felt like I would have to make room and take out some stuff. Would have been too clumsy, I think. Yeah, Yeah. especially if I wanted to throw in Agavel, which had a Counterblast and the deck was already pretty Counterblast heavy. So I was like, I kept them separate. I was like, this is my Legion deck which I put in my regular whatever sleeves, and this is my Monarch deck, which I put in my fancy Gansalot sleeves. <laughs> and um, so, and I just kept the two separate, and it was just fun to, oh, let's play this for fun. All right, oh, and I did not enter any tournaments due to the fact that EB11, or at least whatever the Shadow Paladin and uh, Genesis EBs that yeah. contain Legion, where I, there was no point because that's what was topping everywhere. Well, because Revenger, right? Yeah, with Revenger, they, was, they just they were the only Legion decks that were that had actual good skills that weren't generic, you know. Yeah. So that was that was the main reason, and okay. it's just so. Well, then there's no point. It was like, oh, restanding Legion Vanguard against a thing that's just and Legion they were once for a very long time. Yeah, uh, it, was, the, it was pretty long. Yeah, okay, so BT-16. What happened in English was they crammed together... Oh, and they didn't make the Eradicator trial deck, which was a really dumb idea, in my yeah, opinion. That was, oh, okay. that, that was you mean Brawler trial deck? They didn't make... Yeah, why okay. didn't they do that, honestly? Yeah, okay, okay, so they crammed together the Brawler trial deck, the... Brawler support, like, literally all yeah. the Brawler support. All the Brawler support, but, uh, most of the... Uh, and then, like, they shuffled around 16 and 17 into, like, their own... Yeah, they just... They, and, they like, kept... The Deleter trial deck, just everything. Yeah, they, yeah. They, it was really weird... It was, I mean, it was kind of cool for some people, but other people like Gabe was kind of bummed out because he was like, oh, BT-16, Japan, that's Musketeers and Nova Grappler. And he was like, oh, that's fun because I like those decks. And then later to realize that's BT-17, not BT-16. So then he was like, well, why am I even, why am I even doing this? And then of course, Gabe somehow got into a ThingSaver deck and I just want to keep reminding him that he built that. (laughs) <laughs> because he has this whole thing about how he tries not to be part of the meta but then accidentally somehow does it accidentally somehow does it yeah but kudos to him we had a, a tournament at bullpen that was literally uh youth versus adults which is basically anyone 21 or older was on one part of like a big team yeah. and anyone 20 or younger was like on the youth side and it was basically to see who was the last one standing, or the last group standing. Plot twist, none of them can pay their rent because one of them doesn't have to, and the other one spends it on card games. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what ended up happening was all the youth scrubbed out, including myself, because I got outsacked. And this was when I had all my glares and everything ready. I was like, this is the day. I like, is New Year's Day. I'm going to go to this event. Everyone's going to be there. There's there's probably about like maybe thirty people there wow. to that event because it was free and Koala did this thing where he gave everybody who participated a mat and like promos and stuff. Wow. So it was like they that made it a really good. big thing. It was all free the whole event. I'm they just of, they I'm, just wanted to do it for yeah. fun. I'm kind of bummed that I, I was gone by that point. That all right. It so, was really fun. All right. So, so talk, then, talk like, about like the legions from sixteen and seventeen for golds. Well, like for me, like I felt like I don't know. Like, I feel like every time I have a memory, like oh, the first time I used this deck, I it doesn't have to locals, be, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a memory. Just like talk about what they do, and then like. Well, the, the, liberators yeah. were just basically musketeers, but better. Yeah, that's just basically yeah. it. 
Alvin sheds a tear quietly. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, the tears. And, <laughs> then, and then the so other thing... Tears aren't even viable. It was just really yeah. weird because everybody, if you followed with the Japanese, with Japan, while they were doing, getting their stuff, mm-hmm. you were kind of like preparing yourself at the time going, oh, that's what's going to come out. This is what my deck's going to be when it gets to that point for us. And I was like, okay, well, first is Percival and Core. Yeah. So I already, I already had a deck list for that ready yeah. to go. I was like, all right, four Aglavale, four Fallon, or, or yeah. three Fallon, and like three or four Lawful Trumper. I got, let's, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, look at this thing. Prominence Glare. That's really good. Oh, well, this is how my deck's going to be for that. And then you realize, hey, all those things from both of those are now together. Yeah. So, so, prom- so it was like my whole thing about, oh, I guess I'm just going to do my prominence glare yeah. deck. But then it all all of it changed because I thought core was kind of iffy because you had to spear call a copy of itself, and then which I actually thought crit. Right. That's what I thought catch goal was for. I thought catch goal's purpose was, oh, this isn't core Aglaville. Put it back. Get another one. Yeah. Keep going till you find it. That's yeah. what I thought the purpose was. Yeah. Because usually the main Legion boss, that's what you're going for. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, look, conveniently Agaville, now I get this skill, yeah. which, which is what I do now with Core. Yeah. And, but that's what I thought was the goal. So I remember playtesting, trying to go, oh, how am I going to make this work? Oh, I guess this kind of works. Yeah. And then Glare came out, and I was like, oh, wow, it's literally got a glory skill, and I just got to throw Josephus or some 7K, and it's 27 glory skill. I'm going to run 8 crit 4 draw, right? Yeah. And then I remember playing it out on Cardfire area when they were updating yeah. the stuff. And I got a mirror match, and I used Guido, because I'm just like, oh, Shun Solo yeah. gets the skill, and I just put a 7k booster. Yeah. He used Chronicle, which is the plus thing. I'm like, oh, isn't that thing supposed to be for, for core, you know, yeah. to make core bigger? Yeah. And then he did that thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to take all your damage. I'm like, no, why is he doing that? And he went, okay, call something, plus three Chronicle, catch goal, call something else, call catch goal, call something else, call catch goal, yeah. and that Chronicle was buffing up. Yeah. And I'm like, what is he doing? And then he activated the glare skill twice. So it had three crit. And I'm like, what's like, I didn't get it until he did the total boost. And it was like 42k three crit, no grade one or higher from PG. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I've been like, that's kind of cheap, you know? Yeah. But then, then I was like, but that's really smart. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I started doing that. And, and I was like, wow, this is actually really autopilot, but really fun, yeah. inconsistent. Because you just call Lawful Trumpeter and you, you, that's already your first free call to puff up Chronicle. And you, you can call two things. That's 33k. That's yeah. good enough. Yeah. Ideally, you want to call maybe four things if you're running Chronicle. And the idea was, oh, if they kill Chronicle, cool. Let's call Bruno instead. You know? Yeah. Was, that, was, that was the idea. And I ran... I didn't take out Guido. I still ran Guido as a tech. Yeah. So my, my, at that time, I was like, this deck is great because I don't care if they lock my field because... It's, Explosion brew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got glory skill and crit. It's yeah. it's great. I don't need anything else. Yeah. So my first tournament, I topped with it, but only because people were grade locked, and that's when I realized Thingsaver can't do anything unless it if it can't legion yeah. at all. It just mm-hmm. loses hand. That was that was a fun. There's, a, there's no sea breeze for sing for Thingsaver. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, it was it was really funny because I just kept I was like this I think this I went to my I'm like you know what. I don't care if there's no gold paladin support for a year, which basically almost felt like a year. Yeah. And I'm like, I think this deck is a pretty good deck. I'm just going to keep with it. Because I kind of, I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, you know, maybe this game's kind of expensive. This, this card was like $25. You know, I don't have any income. I better kind of tone it down. You know, this stuff's kind of expensive. So I think I'm going to just stick with this. But ironically, this bluish flame just ended up still being like high up in the gold paladin meta for two years. Yeah. I mean, how, how, how often does a deck that first comes out and still has basically the exact same grade three boss and the exact same playstyle 
be the same way and still work for two years. And it's, it's still, very rare. And it's still working to an extent. Yeah, yeah Thing like, Saver is the same way. It yeah. still works. And yeah. that's, that's just because Legion's just kind of an overpowered format well, to begin with. There's but, that. there's that in Blaster Engine. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah but the Blast Rangers kind of help. But I'm just saying, Thing Saver as a card itself, you could tech into Alt Mile and still be great. Yeah. So it's the fact that with Gold Paladin, it was like, oh, cool, this thing is going to last me the longest time. And I, I thought I was just saying that just because I didn't want to spend money on new cards. But I was like, you know what, this deck is st- actually doing really well. When I was still in high school, and it was my senior year, and that's when my best friend, Devon, was kind of like, I kind of I kind of unintentionally got him into it because I gave him a Tachikaze deck for his birthday because he has a thing for dinosaurs. And when I was teaching him, I, I started out by writing Percival to kind of like, you know, make it fair. Yeah. And I feel like the day I showed him what I could do with Prominence Glare, he kind of went, uh, oh no, like what did I get into, you know? Or like this thing where uh, they're like, it's like it's like your. Kid. I, I don't know. It was it was really fun. It was like an ego thing because it was like he he started teaching our other friends how to play right, but yeah. they were kind of getting really new. But I would I wouldn't show any mercy. Yeah. They would just be like, oh, "I'm gonna do as best as I can," and I'd like do the Toshiki Kai. Like, is yeah. that the best you've got? And then yeah. just basically burn everything, you know. And it, it, it's like, brew. Yeah. yeah, and then they it, the minute it happens, of course, yeah. they were probably sitting on the other end watching me play solitaire for like a good five yeah. minutes, then attack and they said, "I don't care. I can't guard," yeah. you know. Oh, I lost, you know. It, it was really dumb. This was back when Miles, Gabe, Jose, and I, we had this dumb rule where if you wanted to be a part of Nexus Core, you had to be one of, beat one of the members best two out of three. The only reason it was fun at the time was because Devon, Alexis, uh, Eddie, and Hirsch were just learning. And we thought, oh, we should just do this because when they beat us, it shows they've grown or they've, they've blossomed out of this, their cocoon or something. <laughs> okay. So it was like they had, to, yeah. they had to beat us best two out of three. So I was like, oh, okay. I want to be the. I want to do it for Devon. Like if he beats me, then he can join. But it has to be me because he's he's got to overcome. I literally Master would. I would literally play oh him God. against every time he wanted to play out Explosion Bloom. Just like every time he remembered playing Vanguard with me, he would think of that memory. That's this. It was just. It was just a fun concept. So so you basically you gave Devon PTSD about Prominence Glare, which yeah. is what you're supposed to do with Prominence Glare. Okay. Yeah. It's this. The idea was you would ride that card, and people would get the same fear as they would about Thingsaver. Except probably worse because this is like a 50-50 chance. It's not like things saver like, oh, okay, I'll take the first one, PG the second one. This is literally, I might not even be able to use my PG right now. And it all depends on what he does right now on his yeah, turn. Yeah. That's that's the thing about you're, Glare you're, that was kind of scary. You're, you're watching the cards appear and disappear and you're like, you better, you better not. Yeah, exactly. Please, don't. Please God, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that was, and it was, it was fun to actually do that. Yeah. It was just fun. Yeah. And what was I think the the best part about it was that it was still continuing the Liberator support. Yeah. So all the cards that I collected, like Josefa, Zoran, and Bruno, I'm sure every other Gold Paladin player relates. They were like, "Oh, cool! I don't have to worry about grabbing the stuff anymore because I already have it." The only expense, and the best part, I honestly think I'm so thankful to Gabe, Jose, and Miles for this because we all got boxes of BT16. We all just went. We are going to put things towards you know. Towards what we want. Jose wanted brawlers. So every time I pulled a brawler, it goes straight to Jose. I didn't even think, oh, the value. It's SP. I just straight yeah. to him. Yeah. And Miles wanted Aqua Force. Gabe wanted to do the deleters and like Thing Saver yeah. for some reason. That was funny because I actually pulled a box with Thing Saver, uh, uh, Alfred Exiv, and uh, the deleter grade three. I forgot its name. Uh, Oxus. Oxus, yeah. I put, they, those are all three of my triplers in my box, and he was like, I need all three of those, like, right? And I'm like, oh, what do you want? And he bought me two more 
Liberator trial decks, which oh. I was planning on getting myself. Oh. But he just bought them for me because he wanted those three cards. Oh, that's nice. And then Miles and Jose individually pulled prominence glares from their boxes and gave them to me. Sure. And combining all all four of the boxes, I got all four of my regulation liberators. Sure. So I was like, I literally got my free mates for glare, two glares, and I li- got all the stuff for my trial decks already like ready. I was literally missing two glares and I was done. Oh. That, and then it was just the fact that I had to spend sixty bucks. Well, I, I spent six. I spent seventy technically because I pulled Legion Rare Core. I had this thing with Core since I already knew I wasn't going to like it. I didn't want to pull it, and I, I had just had this thing like I swear if I pull a Legion Rare Core when I'm not looking for it, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to run Core. I'm in Percival Glare, yeah. not doing Core. I pulled Legion Rare Core, yeah. and I just went into the shop and I said, "How much for this?" And they said fifty bucks, and I just spent another ten. I got another box. There you go. So yeah. that's that's what I did. It was it was the fact that probably like other library players probably had to grind and like wait till payday to go. Oh, I need to get my cores, or I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a hundred bucks and get all four of my glares. I ha- I just had to drop the sixty and then another twenty five just to get an extra glare just for my deck, which which might be a considered like a two hundred dollar deck, and I just spent like a hundred. So like it was, so you, but so it you, was really like a team effort. So whenever I think like I built glare, I don't think and I go, oh, I spent so much money on this deck. I literally think. I just got it. But I felt like I was supposed to get you, it. You, you forced gumped your way to... Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> well, and, and that's another reason, because since I was so low with like budget, yeah. I, I couldn't buy those yeah. cards on my own. So that's why I'm really grateful for Talk it. about a team effort. Uh-huh. Congratulations. And, that, and that's the other reason why I was like, you know what, after this deck, because I'm so happy with it, I just want to stick with this, you know? G era, whatever. I, I tried Altmile, but I didn't like it when it first started. Yeah. So... But that was like another thing yeah. we, we pitched in for a case. It was only 40 bucks. Yeah. So I was like, all right, this works out, right? Get all the alt-mile stuff. And I, but I didn't like it, so I sold it. And I was still like, you know, I really like my glare deck. And I know like probably this is a new format. Because Legion just basically obliterated the majority of the Limit Break format. You never saw, after BT-17, a Limit Break deck yeah. ever in a, in a tournament. So I was like, oh, this is going to be the same thing. Yeah. All we're going to see are G decks, which eventually happened. Yeah. But of course, the cross was like, nah, Legion's still, yeah. you know, alive and kicking. Yeah, Cut even two. to this day. Cut two. So I'm Star Dragon. I was, I was honestly like, you know what? I, this is. I just want to play with this deck, and for some reason, it still gets support. Yeah. It got Brennius and that new crit trigger, yeah. uh, Barb Truck. Yeah. And I honestly kind of thought to myself, like, hey, you still have I was it. Like, what are you? What are you? Okay. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was like, not expecting this because I was honestly, I was still kind of excited a little bit for Grigitswick because I'm finally, like, finally, a stride deck. That I can use for my clan. Yeah. You know? My first opinion... All right, I guess now we're talking about Gurgit. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Cut to Gurgit. I finally come back to the game. And... I rejoin it. I join, I join it at yeah. the same time. And, like, the... the oh, yeah. The, the Gabe, game had, started a, this Gabe had a great nature yeah. deck ready for you, and you were like, what is this? I know. Well, because it, it wasn't it wasn't mid-game anymore. And I, I got it to work for me. But anyway, thanks again, Gabe, for making the big belly stuff while I was gone. Anyway... So, we come back, the game is starting to stabilize, because around GBT-01, shit hit the fan, right? Mm -hmm. Matt, you had an explanation? I mean, you just had ridiculous stuff come out for a few people. Yeah, (laughs) like, what, like five clans maybe got really good stuff, and everyone else is kind of still just chilling? Nova's, Royals, Kagero... Gears, kinda, but Gears was was really tier two. The, the yeah. reason I like acknowledge Gears as tier two is because Miles built it, and they did really well it's with at Springfest with Gabe. That was the same time Cosmic Roar came out, so oh. Dimension Police was barely getting up there, but people were kind of figuring out Dimension Police that day. Yeah, it came out right, right the day before Springfest. I remember the you day buying those, and, and, and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew Die Earth was good. That's what I figured out that day. 
And everyone else was like, I think Diarith is bad. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure Diarith is good, but I have no idea where, like, how to yeah. like, set everything up. And this just wasn't enough time. But, and, so Cosmic War had like barely come out, so people didn't have figured out yet, so that wasn't a thing. So it, Royals, Neo, Nectar. Neo Nectar was two. Oh, Neo Nectar was yeah. two. So it was just Royals. Novas. Novas. Kagero. OTT. OTT. Yeah, oh, definitely right. OTT. Definitely yeah. OTT. The last time OTT was ever good, watch episode seven. Because <laughs> yeah. that was when people were debating, oh, Sukiyomi or, or Coco. Coco, like I honestly Sorry, originally six. thought Sukiyomi was better. Because I thought, consistent. oh, more hand. Yeah. Then, I, then after Coco, I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, Coco's way better. Yeah. It, it was then, so easy to fall so far behind. Like, with like, Sukiyomi? Like, oh, yeah. Or, or just OT, against OTT in general at that mm-hmm. point. Like, uh-huh. There's like, I'm really hard to go. Yeah. Kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so GBT03 comes out. The game's finally starting to stabilize. We get all this Link Joker stuff, so Messiah. That was kind of unfun, though. Yeah. That, and then, that Link Joker yeah. stuff was not fun because it kind of felt like Link Joker was locking stuff again, but easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? It that was, was more, fun. It was and more Big, Big Crunch kind of like... Was annoying. That was... Uh, yeah. Omega Lock was unnecessary. Omega Lock, but, call but that's... Yeah. that's I'm guessing that's what the clan needed. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Air quotes. You know. yeah. yeah. So, Gold Paladin gets... Gurgit, Sunrise, Raynite, Gurgit. What's actually really funny about that Gurgit deck is everything in that deck that came out. I literally, people were buying GB203, were like, Shadow Pond, Orgeyser, Orgeyser, other people, Amnesty, 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 you know. Yeah. Link Joker, I'm kind of running going, hey, psst, hand me those gold Paladin commons, you know? Yeah. That was literally me. Because <laughs> everything, yeah. everything in that set was, like, the, the Pwills and the Gurgits, I got two Gurgits and two Pwills pre ordered. And they were like five bucks each because yeah. people were already hyping Quill for Pelinor, which was really annoying because it didn't need to be hyped at all. Yeah, I already figured that out. I'm like the Pelinor thing's fun, dead, but I don't know if it's gonna work. I honestly was like, oh, let's make let's make it fun. That sounds like fun, you know? Great, let's make it a fun deck. Let's get fun. let's let's go find let's figure out how much Pelinor is. This. Wow, twenty five bucks for a Pelinor. I'm, no. I'm not that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not down to have that much fun. Yeah. So. That's that's when I was like, okay, this is dumb. And I actually had a Pelinor. I'm thinking to myself, well, I can make some money. Nobody I knew wanted to buy a Pelinor for that much. So I literally just sold it for a dollar. And I was like, you know what? They're right. This card is not worth 25. It is worth a dollar. Yeah. So I sold it for a dollar. And I, I gave it to, um, I forgot his name. Oh, well. But he was he his thing was, he was known for the Pelinor stuff at Power yeah. Anime. I can't believe I forgot his name. I can't. I mean, Andrew. 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 It was Andrew. Andrew is known to be like the Pelinor guy. So yeah. I'm like, oh. He's like, oh, I feel like rebuilding Pelinor. I'm like, there you go. go. Yeah. I felt like give it to the, pe- the Pelinor guy, you know. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well, how am I going to do this? And then people were even asking like on Facebook, on, on North American Carfight Vanguard. They were like, what's the best backup for Gurgit? And people were saying, oh, Lofty Head Lion. And I'm like, oh, that's a pretty meh card. Or, or, or it the, doesn't call stuff, yeah. you know, really. Or it the, has to be placed. Or the old guy. The like, old Don Valo yeah. with the beard. Yeah. Yeah, he has to hit. But if you ride him, yeah. it sucks. And then people are like, oh, I'm just running Ezel Scissors. And I feel like when people started realizing you could run Ezel Scissors. And I think Absolution, Lion King, Mithrazer came out before GB203. Yeah. So people could throw that in, too. Yeah. So then Ezel went from like ten bucks to twenty five bucks, and I'm like, well, well, that's great. Now more cards that I really want to run. Pelinor and Pelinor for fun is too much, and now Ezel's too much to be competitive. So I was like, okay, well, I guess Gurgit's supposed to be cheap, you know? Yeah. Because when I was first thinking about doing Gurgit, I'm like, I'm gonna run two Pelinor. 
because that's just funny. Yeah. And I'm going to run to Ezel because I don't like Link Joker. Yeah. I don't want them locking my field because Gurgit can't do anything by himself. So then I was like, all right, well, what can I do? Eventually, I, after so much time of playtesting, I eventually figured out Scourge Point is really amazing. Yeah. So Scourge Point was the Fighter's Collection card, actually, that, along with, with, with Mr. Ezel. Ezel. That was really underrated. So when you I, call... When they were like 60 cents each yeah. when I got them. So when you call someone from deck, the thing called and Scourge Point himself gets plus 5k. So if you keep chaining shit together, that thing's going to get really big really fast. Right. That's when I realized, like, oh, Gurgit... And that, that, that kind of... We kind of hit the point where we realized you don't use the, the, the grade 3 for the GB2. You we just it. got to that point where people just stopped doing that. Yeah. You know? So I was like, okay, well, the GB2 is defensive. I, I get no one's offensive with their GB2s. This is before next stage, so no one ever even thought about using uh, Chrono Jet's GB2 yeah. after set three at all. Yeah. You know? So it was like, oh, well, this makes sense, you know, defensive, and I'm offensive when I strike. This is G. I, I, I was like, hit that money. And then I had Lofty, two Lofty heads. That's a pretty decent yeah. bet. And two Donvalo. And Donvalo was like, the, the, I realized, like, oh my gosh, you call it with Quill. Give it plus five because Scourge Point. Give it another plus five because Rising on Neck. Give it another plus five because Gigantic Ringer. You got a, a thing that's pressure with a big number. It was really hard to make uh, the Gurga deck because it was really counterblast heavy. You were yeah. counterblasting at least, the least two times a turn. And if you don't have an unflipped engine, you go from two to four to. Yeah. You can't really do much anymore. You had, you had to run the 5k Soul Blast and flip too. Yeah, and that was just one because you needed the Soul for Gurgit. It was just yeah. really weird because there were too many things that contradicted, yeah. but eventually kind of worked its way out. And that came in GBT-07, didn't it? Yeah, that kind of um, worked its way out. Yeah, okay. a lot. So GBT-07, which just came out for us here in the States, like, what, a few months ago? Yeah. Like, July? June? Something like that? Something like that. July, yeah. probably. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. Me neither. So what's what sort of fun, like... Well, we got a Soul Charge engine and an Unflip engine, which honestly yeah. I was actually surprised. I thought they were going to Gurgit kind of like... They were kind of like, nah, man, just put the card down. It does it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the keyword in Unite, which is if you call two things, you know, to Guard Circle or yeah. Rear Guard Circle, just Unite for the turn. Like... Easiest fucking shit ever. I don't remember talking with Robert about it, maybe him mentioning it, but I feel like if we actually talked about it in depth, because Robert and I agreed that Unite, as awesome as it is to get off, it really sucks they have to do that every single turn because you deck out really fast a lot yeah. and i it, when my you like you saw the the video of me playing gabe and even though i even though i used the quintet wall that's just five cards short of deck out yeah i still decked out but just because i'm five cards short that just showed you how close i was to deck out and yeah. he probably still had like half of his deck left and that was really hard to figure out and i actually also had that problem with regular gurgit set three i was decking out because i was trying to run draw triggers in the deck not the stand trigger mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, this stand trigger is weird because I have to play it first. Then I have to use yeah. stride. I didn't think about using Quo with it. Yeah. I was just thinking straightforward, doing the stand, then having to use Gurgit skill. Yeah. And I also saw like other people were posting their deck lists for Gurgit, and they did a crit for draw something. And, oh, these people probably thought about it. You know, it's That's a, probably what you have to do. Yeah, but that's what everybody goes to automatically. Yeah, I know. Does. But that's what I thought. I'm like, why am I decking out so fast? And it was because of the draw triggers. Eventually, because of the Scourge Point, I was like, because you're hitting such big numbers so quickly... You know, your deck out wasn't that big a deal because you're they punishing be your opponent. They should. So they, sh- they, qu- they should be dead before you deck out. Yeah. Was the idea with Scourge Point. But because of my my additional idea was Campbell, Campbell, Spear Cross, you know, Scourge yeah. Point, it maybe was the thing. But then I realized it's it's literally Campbell, Scourge, Scourge Point, Scourge Point, Scourge, Scourge Point, Scourge and then and then if they if they start killing off your stuff, Spear Cross, then Spear Cross is like it. an emergency. Yeah. And then I ran one Blizzard because it's like, oh, hey, I just strode. You're at five damage. Your turn. It's like, oh, crap. 
I need GB2, yeah. Blizzard, you know? Yeah. That's that's what Blizzard was for. It kind of sucked because it was like, oh, well, now... Because sometimes I would go, oh, Blizzard, I want to be careful. And then I don't use Gerd's GB2 at all during my defense. I'm like, wow, I could have actually been offensive that turn. Yeah. You know? Well, okay, well, n- now now let's cut to uh, GB207. Back to GB207, yeah. yeah. So you, you get Unite... You get stuff that goes in the soul, including Jeffrey, the Stanford with the French horn, Marsha, stuff like that. So that puts stuff into soul for Gurdia, and then you also get like unflips or draws mm. or so that also means you can get pressure and also leave your field empty to call more shit next turn to set off Unite. I remember talking with Gabe about the whole thing with the soul. Uh-huh. And I was telling Gabe, I was like, you know, I I think this this thing has enough soul charges. I can start running two copies of those Soul Blast two unflip twos, and Gabe was like are you sure just because you got soul charge support doesn't mean you're going to be soul charging that much? Yeah. So I played him against Aria and I told him midway through the game, I just decided, Gabe, count how many cards are in my soul right now. And he was like, why do you have eight cards in your soul? You know? Like, like, like I'm setting up my mega blast. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like, and it's like, how did, it's like, you, and you kind of don't really pay attention to it. So obviously you're like, wow, this is a really big stack under yeah. Gurgit going on right now. Yeah. And honestly, I honestly felt so really it's just so comfortable knowing that I can unflip and have soul because that was mainly Gurgit's thing. Was I really had to figure out when to counter when it, and also I didn't really feel like the deck was around Gurgit. The deck was literally was Gold Paladin Quill featuring Scourge Point. Yeah. That was literally the deck, and then Gurgit was just needed because if you didn't superior call something, yeah. you just, you were like losing out with yeah. Scourge Point's ability. He, he he was a means to an end, I think. Yeah, and, and then now the deck is kind of starting to be focused around him. Mm-hmm. They also released the start deck, so now we have a bunch of gold paladin new people. I remember the start deck, and I was, I was yeah. so convinced I was going to trade out my triple R Gurgits for the foiled TD ones. Nah, man. And then, and then for some reason, I would just look at the TD artwork, and I, for me, I was just like, I don't really like this. And then what happened was I started go seeing people running gold paladin decks, and they were all running start decks. So I kind of felt them in like, wow, these people up. are probably like grabbing onto golds now. And I just had this thing like, I just if I switch out the rarities. I feel like I'm just following the same train. Like if you, I feel like I want someone to go. Wow, he has the triple R's. Yeah. Like I, I've been, I've been trying to make Gurgit fun for the longest time, and now that it's got support, people are jumping on. It's your gold badge of courage. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's that's the only thing. And I, and then also even, I kept pulling in SP Gurgit. I pulled it three times on three separate occasions. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a bad thing, but like it was, just, yeah, it just keeps showing, keeps showing up. And the reason it's funny yeah. is because no one wants an SP yeah. because people yeah. people Have, underrate start, it. And also start deck. Why yeah. would you want it now? Mm. Yeah, and then Gabe keeps teasing me. It wants you to build it. Yeah, he, like because <laughs> I pulled an SP spear cross too. Yeah, and he's like build it. I'm like and I'm you not pulled, building and it. And you pulled uh, GPGs too. Oh right, yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Let's talk about Gurgi. Oh, GPGs versus the normal the PGs. Normal PGs. <laughs> yeah. When I was first during Gurgit 2, I thought, oh, let's run regular PGs because we can do the, the Superior Guard. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times that never happened for me. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. When this I would go, look at the top point. four. Yeah. yeah, let's look at the top four out of, like, my 30 or 20 yeah. cards. Like, that's still one-fifth of your cards. So you have a one in five chance of being, being having one of those, being it in there. Let's be honest, it's going like, to be two stands, a grade two, and a grade three. Right? It's just going to be something yeah. where it's like, and I honestly, I did not want to go, oh, wow, let's save the GB2 just in case of this occasion. I feel like if I'm doing that, I'm not, I was trying to make Gurgit like, tournament. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to use it in my locals. And I've actually, there were games where I would, that, this was back when Sword Me was still in every single Royal Paladin deck, and that yeah. was really annoying. So, I remember using my Gurgit deck way before GBT07, 
and somehow being able to keep up with things saver jewel knights it, it, i don't it was all because of quill and spirit and uh scritch point and like things like fangirl you yeah. know like fangirl or even lapier shooter or saphir it was like i was constantly changing around but it was still it still was keeping up really well so i was like this this is fine this is a competitive deck for me and other people don't really see it well there's that and then like we we took it to, you took it to spring fest last year yeah, but that was yeah. with start deck stuff. Yeah. And also I got my Ezel stuff, so that was... But I'm easy. saying, but like by the time we did that, we managed to get decently far, especially because we, we, we had... What did we get to, like round... We died around five. Four? Oh, five. Yeah. Huh. And, and, and this was with Jared as our third seed. Jared, we taught him how to play at a diner an hour before... <laughs> Yeah, we literally the taught him how to started. play. Yeah. We, we taught him uh, how to play like yeah. literally out like hours before yeah. the event started. And, and some, yeah, and then and we gave, gave him Matt Spike right? Brothers and like and we we did decently. I was running seven C's and getting my ass kicked. So you know that's life. But it's better than me. I I got knocked out round two because oh. a couple of people and oh. they they can't uh, because they still believe. Do you still believe against stride? Like how people believe against vaccination? Or- oh, okay. oh, like the, the, the refuse to get with the time people. Actually, I wanted to do an episode on that later, but let's move on. So, yeah. but uh, I, is this the one that I missed due to uh, yeah. dying in the hospital? Yeah, From yeah, dying right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the only reason, the only reason we got uh, Jared to use Matt's deck is we poisoned Matt. I mean, Matt got appendicitis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had we had to take him to the hospital. Uh, uh, I was gonna yeah. just ice people. It was fine. Uh, oh no, the, 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 there's a there's a Nexus Core video where we talk about that a little bit. But um, yeah, sh- yeah. shameless plug. Um, but yeah, so set seven with all the new stuff you have, and also we Gurgit stride. How the hell can you not? That you was know? actually really funny because yeah. I remember talking with Davon trying to think what it, what's it gonna be. Yeah, my first thought was, wouldn't it be funny if it was just like a Ganslot Zenith like revive, but as a G unit. Yeah, you know, like it, on attack, flip over another copy yeah. of itself, put a unit at the like yeah. put units at the bottom. Instead of one unit, it's two units. Call two new units. Yeah, like something like that. Which is actually funny because that's literally what Glorious Raining does in yeah. a way. And then that, and then <laughs> yeah, it, it turned out to be OG Ganslot, but better. Yeah, or Ganslot Ganslot Zenith. Yeah. yeah. So it was, yeah. but like the idea was like, oh, it's you know, unite counter blast one, soul blast two, and that's the other thing. When I saw the soul blast two, that was they revealed the card before they revealed the rest of the support, and, you were like, and we were like, ooh, soul blast two. We were kind of like, are they really like making us use up all that soul when we're just barely getting it, you know? And then I realized, oh, I'm I'm fine, yeah. you know. Jeffrey French Horn, yeah, yeah, uh, we were, we were Scarface Lion. I think fine. after they revealed yeah. the stand trigger, that's when people were like, oh, we're yeah. good, yeah, you know. How often do you feel a, a tug between the soul you want to spend for uh, the Gurgit stride and uh, using the effect of Gurgit during your opponent's turn the GB2? Never, because the Gurgit GB2 is literally like, oh, well, you know what? I really have nothing else to do right now. <laughs> it's like a it's honestly like, like, if I really did not want to be using Gurgit's GB2, I'd probably scoop. Like, yeah. that's that's the literally the last thing I want to be doing <laughs> is using Gurgit's GB2. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, even if I use my last two soul for the Unite, that's way better. Than, yeah. than, than going, oh, I need two soul for Gurgit because I might be able to get the PGs. And I, like, I think someone in the comments <laughs> mentioned that the reason they like... Because like, it was in the video that I was playing against Gabe and they are like, why are you running the unflipping PGs? And in my mind, I'm like, because I don't use Spirit Guard. I like my unflips. That was the same thing with B- GBT03. People running uh, Halo Shield Marks. And I was like, no, I want to run the unflips because this deck counterblasts a lot and I never yeah. see my PG, so there's no point. Yeah. Of course, there have been games where I go, look at top four. Oh, man, if only that was a regular PG, but, yeah. you know. But, but like, that's so negligible. But, and also, yeah. 
My favorite thing is that you can do Gurgit Stride's effect as many times as you want to pay for it, or can pay for it. Mm -hmm. So there's this great moment in the anime where, like, Tayo does it, and you see, like, you know, when power increases in the show, you hear a little ding-ding, and then, like, it stops. But in the show, he's talking about, this is what the effect does, and and you see him looking around, and the number is just rising and rising and rising and rising. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, it gets plus 5k for every rear guard, and it it, it doesn't go 5 stop, 5 stop. It's just going ding, 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 ding. I'm like, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, Yeah, Um, that big power buff was kind of, because it was funny, because it made sense at the time, like, why do we need this really big, powerful Vanguard? And then it was like, oh, G-Guardians, that makes sense. Well, there's G-Guardians. It's literally PG, but if they don't have a PG, I already know the G-Guardian's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. So it was basically that. It was basically like, oh, here's a big, fat number, kind of like Phantom Blaster Overlord back in the day. Here's a big, fat number. If you had on PG, this is going to be really big. Yeah. But this is, like, extremely big. Well, there's that, and you and you're, you have all of, you have three options for good stand traders that you're probably running. French Horn Guy, Catch Goal Liberator, or Ringer. Mm, and, yeah. and I, I kind of didn't really think yeah. of catching, like, three. What is he talking about? Oh. Then you mentioned catching, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Eh. Well, I, no, just, and, like, yeah. as a clan, you have yeah. options. Yeah, and basically, yeah. Uh, the Groot Strike basically gave everything shitloads of power. Yeah, so ten uh, k. It's almost college. like the reason why they ran uh, in the other players ran Refros, and even then they still uh, run the res- uh, rescue stand. Yeah, they were running both before Ref- before yeah. Refros got admitted. But it was but it was, I was trying to think about it too. Going, should I run ringers? Or, or I was also thinking like, should I run more stands? And then I kind of realized I'm like, you know what? This deck really has no pressure because if I'm just going, here's a poke number. Here's a poke. Here's not even poke. Here's a big number hitting you. Here's a big number hitting you. It's stood. Here's another big number hitting you. It's really not keeping up that pressure because if someone starts realizing, oh, he's running six stand, that means he's probably not going to get that many crits. So if I have this really big, beefy Gurgit number and it's like 60k or whatever, and they're at three damage, they're going to go, eh, no guard. Because they might know, if I'm playing with my friends, they're going to go, oh, he runs six crit. Maybe he won't get one. I saw four earlier in the game. There's no way he's going to get one now. No guard. So I was like... This deck still needs the crit pressure. It still does. Gurgit so needs... What do you it have, like, it during, four it, still? Four stand eight crit? Or, yeah, um, oh, it, okay. it's, it's, just, it's the best thing right yeah. now, in my opinion. Always keep the French horn around, though. Yeah. Public okay. service announcement. There's a real cost of putting stands in your deck. We should probably talk about that, because yeah. like, you and I have these long conversations about like the merits and... You know, not Marys of stand traders. I'm just trying to imagine how fast I'd deck out if I actually ran draws and sets. <laughs> that would be that's fun. No, I think that I think the standing gold powder is very good, uh, and, yeah. I th- and and I and I think like there are there are stands that are definitely worth playing. I just think uh, there is a cost. Yeah. And I think the cost is is is, is, is I mean, crits are really yeah. good. Sacrificing yeah. some <laughs> pressure for a different kind of pressure. I've seen. I saw. I saw one deck profile on YouTube of a guy who was running twelve crit. And I thought that that makes sense if you want to just really just beef up all your numbers right from the get go. Yeah. But the other thing is you have to understand is this is Vanguard and you can you can run twelve crit, but it doesn't still still doesn't mean you're going to see one every drive check. Yeah. yeah. And that's coming from me when I even tried to put twelve crit in bluish flame, and it actually was worse in yeah. my opinion. It was well, just worse. Well, because twelve crit you lose defense for the most part. Like if okay stands are kind of the same thing, but like with uh, the stands often have the good effects and draw triggers or draw triggers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these crits are either, are the heart thumb clone and then just vanilla stuff. Yeah. So all you're getting on like taking it as damage or like drawing it outside of the thing is just a 10k shield and some yeah you know, 5k. I guess that's the only thing I don't like about Jerry to stand is because I was so used to. I remember when I was playing with Scourge and Quill back in the day using Gigantic Rear, 
the idea of even as the game was progressing, I'm calling normal stuff out of the deck and yeah. I'm putting a trigger back in the deck. Yeah. I'm essentially trigger thinning out my deck. And if I go call out Pua with Gurgit skill, Pua is a 16k because of Scourge Point on its own. Yeah. So when I go this rear to Pwill to Van, if my Van sees a stand, I restand Pwill. Pwill is 21 on its own. Yeah. And I'm probably going to see one if I'm putting stands back in my deck. And I and usually a lot of times my drive checks, usually when I'm playing like when it's the game turn finisher, it's usually stand, crit, stand, yeah. or something like that, or stand, something, stand. It was usually, there was definitely a stand somewhere in there, and that's what I always expect. But because Unite is so different than how I used to play Gurgit, it's, it's, I just, I would always find myself going, buff up, buff up, buff, buff, call, call, or I'd see, like, the top three, and I'd go, oh, wow, Jerry, cool, if I call it, then I can move it into yeah. Solon on flip. But I started realizing, like, why am I not seeing triggers in my triple drives? And I was like, oh, I'm calling my triggers from my deck, and I'm leaving my normal stuff in my deck. Yeah. So I'd be like, oh, cool, I can call the the, I can call the Heartthump clone, and I can draw. Yeah. That's a draw, you know. But it's a trigger. But it's a trigger. Deck. And yeah. I started, and I started realizing that. So if you're playing Unite, and you look at your top three, and you see like a whatever card, if you see trigger, trigger, and like something like a PG. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I really don't want to call the PG. Then maybe that's the that's the that's the circumstance. Like, oh, don't call the PG. Maybe with that new PG in set eight, you might want to call that. Yeah. But like, it's it all. I try to stop myself from calling triggers, even if the situation. So, oh, I really need a seven K booster. I could say, mm, yeah, but I could really I could just put another attacker in that column and try and work with that because I really wanted to keep the triggers in the deck because if you have this big beefy Vanguard number and they go PG, you need your rear guards to be beefing up too with crits. And that's why I like to run four Bowler Bowl. Because they go, oh, that's like a 21 column or a 26 column on its own. You know, I'll just take it. And you go, oh, look, a crit. And you put it there. And they go, oh, well, now that's a threat. Okay. That's a threat now. And since Bowler Bowl's dumb because it gets 5k for no reason. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what keeps it buffing like that. What, what's ironic is that, like, Bold Paladin used to be, like, very kind of static where you just call and keep your field. Mm-hmm. And then you just fill it as necessary. But then with all this new Unite stuff, it's constantly just making room for new stuff. Yeah, which is, which which is, is good because Unite, you, that's yeah. the only way you can activate Unite. Yeah. Well, there's that, and then like uh, against all these control clans, you have like more of a shot because all your stuff is gone, and you can just call new stuff. Right. Also, I, I just realized this is the first episode you've been on, and you do all of the video stuff for the Nexus Core YouTube channel, which is super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, thank you for that. You're welcome. Um Actually, I, I want to do an episode with you and Different Fight again where we talk about like how to run it Vanguard YouTube channel. Hmm. That would be nice. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, get his point of view. Maybe I can get some insight from him and yeah. being really successful at it, too. Yeah. Well, I, I think part of it is uh, he like his how to play video got sent to Bushiroad through Twitter. Bushiroad retweeted that, and then people were like, what's this? And then you got a bunch of subs. Yeah. He totally deserved them, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we, we are constantly in his shadow and we're working on it. We're like close to we're, 15. We're not even a shadow. We're like, we're trying to be his shadow. Yeah. We're, like, yeah. we're not even the ass of a flea. The ass of a flea. The ass of a flea. All right. The shadow of an ass of a flea. <laughs> That's what we are. Yeah, We're the shadow, shadow of the Asta of Flea that is looking at Difference Fight's shadow. That's basically what N- we are. Nexus Court, the shadow of the ass of a flea. Yeah. It's <laughs> really catchy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting that on the next t-shirt. No, shadow I was about of the to ass say that. Flea. Put that on yeah. a t-shirt. But, so, yeah. But, like, the, we definitely have some fun stuff coming on in the future. Thanks for, for being here, Richard. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being here, Matt and Elvin. Uh, sure. I, I I hope you guys like uh, like the format of us just being in the same room as opposed to Skype. If you like it, 
Uh, give us a review on iTunes and such, and we'll see you next time on Nexus at Night. I'd like to take this time to thank all listeners that happen to come across this podcast. Uh, be sure to rate and like us on iTunes and to, you know, suggest this to your friends. I'd also like to thank Lil Elephant, the Oakland-based band that supplied our intro and outro music. Uh, you can find them at lilelefunk.com, so L-I-L-E-L-E-P-H-U-N-K. You can also tweet us at VGNexusCorps, so V-G-N-E-X-U-S-C-O-R-P-S. Or you can tweet me, Atlas Novak, so at A-T-L-A-S-N is in Nancy, O-V is in Victor, A-C-K. Have a good night, everyone.